listening to She Rises, a podcast dedicated to women who are ready to stop settling and start living their lives by design. If you're ready to talk about the stuff that weighs you down and get practical advice on everything from your health, body image, spirituality, relationships, and personal growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, I'm Giovanna Capoza, your host, master coach, spiritual teacher, and mind-body expert, and I'm on a mission to unsettle women all over the world. Are you ready to rise? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of She Rises. I'm your host, Giovanna Capoza, and today we are talking about dharma and purpose. Do you know what your dharma is? Have you stopped to consider what your purpose is in this life? And do you also think, God, Giovanna, that is such a heavy question. Like, back off. It is a heavy question. And, you know, I share in the show that I've been asking this question of myself for years. In fact, I remember being a small child and wondering, why am I here? What am I meant to do? And the guest that we have on this week um, is an amazing educator of this exact issue, this exact, I wouldn't say issue, but this exact challenge that we all face, which is the question of why am I here and what's my purpose? And it's interesting to me, you know, being in my mid forties now and, you know, being in midlife really that I'm asking myself this question again. And I'm asking myself if I'm aligned with my purpose and For those of us that are in the trenches doing this work, you know, this question comes up a lot. And for many of us that are sort of leading that quiet life of maybe a little bit of dissatisfaction, maybe a lot of boredom, and are not asking ourselves this question, today's show hopefully will get you curious enough to start asking that question so that you too could start to follow this ever unfolding adventure as our guest calls it today. So I want to welcome to the show Kitty Waters. She's an absolutely amazing success and business coach. She had a spiritual awakening at the age of 28 and she went on to follow that universal breadcrumb to cure herself from chronic depression and all sorts of other ways that she was struggling in her life of complete dissatisfaction and unhappiness. She shares with us that journey today, as well as useful tips on how to follow your dharma, how to get quiet, how to ask the right questions of your soul to connect with that life purpose. She has an amazing program called Dharma Life Academy, where Um, She leads people through this process and she tells us a little bit about that at the end of the show and she offers us amazing, generous gift. So please listen all the way through so that you can uh, find out what that gift is and really take advantage of diving into finding what your dharma is and what your purpose is. So without further ado, enjoy the show. Kitty, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Excited about our conversation. I am excited too. And I always love when I have a fellow podcaster on because you've got a very wonderful, successful podcast with amazing guests as well. And I don't know why, I just really love when I have another podcaster on because I just feel like, you know, you're in biz as well and we we can have these amazing conversations because I think we've had so many other amazing conversations. So I'm excited that you're here today. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah. So I want to dive in to to your mission and this concept and idea of dharma in this show. But first I wanted to share with the audience, I'd, I'd hope that you would share with the audience some of your personal journey around this. I know that you had, you know, a very difficult time in your life as, as many of us do, where 
we sort of fall into that pit and it sometimes feels like we can never get out. And, and you had a very special um, thing that you call a spiritual awakening at the age of 28. And I wonder if you would share a little bit about your journey to where you were to where you are now, which is really helping and supporting people live into their purpose. Yeah, by all means. Absolutely. Um, I was definitely kind of shaken awake by the universe. Um, My, 20s were littered with depression, um, drug and alcohol abuse, um, pretty grim, really. I was uh, trying to fit in. I was not really understanding that I had a chronic depression. I just thought I was a bit strange, a bit weird. I couldn't understand why I was disconnected. I couldn't understand why I couldn't feel. I couldn't understand why I couldn't feel joy. Um, I took antidepressants for a while, but they didn't even seem to help. Um, And then at the age of 28, um, I had a big spiritual awakening. Um, In a nutshell, uh, my mum was suffering with quite bad depression. We we have a history of depression that runs down the female side of my family. Bipolar, uh, my grandmother was treated with lithium. My mum tried to commit suicide four times. Um, but interestingly at that point I didn't actually know my family history so at 28 I had no idea I just knew that my mum was suffering with very chronic depression Um, and I got a phone call one day from my father to say she'd gone missing and she'd gone to a friend's house but she'd never actually arrived Um, and as you can imagine we lived about an hour's drive from my parents we were I was in London and my family were out you know in the outskirts so I picked up my boyfriend who is a paramedic Um, and I picked up my sister and we drove to my parents' house and in my parents' house was a policeman and the policeman was clutching a suicide note and he said to me, has your mum ever tried to commit suicide before? I said no and my dad said yes. Wow. Yeah, and at that point I discovered my family history. No one had shared it with me, no one had told me. My dad then proceeded to tell me that when my mum was um, younger, when I was a, a child, when I was a about you know eight or nine she'd been in and out of hospital and she had postnatal depression and she tried to commit suicide previously and all of this stuff was completely news to me and it was like my whole paradigm shattered it was like everything I knew to be what I thought was my family my existence you know was suddenly totally different than what I had been brought up in Um, but at the same time I couldn't really think about that because I was shit where's my mom you know I need to go and find her um so we went off we went my boyfriend my sister and I we went at the back of my parents house is like a big expanse of woods and they go on for miles and miles um and you get to a point where you can turn left or you can turn right and I remember my sister screaming at me where do we go you know which way do we go how do we know which way to go and as she said that, those words, I just got a voice in my head say, turn right. Oh, I, knew, I just got head to toe goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, I just got, got it as well. Like, I still get it every time I say that story. But and it makes me very emotional because it's like, in my being, I knew I knew I needed to go right. I knew I needed to turn right. And my sister said, how do you know that we, we go right? And I said, I just know. And it was because this voice was, you know, in my head and it was just this knowing you know and so we did turn right and we then followed the voice to where my mother had taken an overdose 
um, and she was by a river and she had slumped on top of herself. And luckily for us, she hadn't, you know, fallen into the river because she would have drowned because um, she passed out. Um, we called an ambulance. You know, I remember my boyfriend at the time staying with her and I ran for this ambulance and I, you know, I smoked, I drank, I was overweight, I was unhappy with myself and you know I just remember <gasps> running for this ambulance <laughs> of you know having this conversation with myself and I remember saying to myself like I know I knew deep deep down that I wasn't living how I was supposed to be living my life and I remember having this conversation with whoever had just you know communicated where my mother was that I would change and I would change and I would support others and just please God help me in this moment you know um and, you know, I'm pleased to report my mum, she, she came round, you know, she was in the hospital, we got her counselling, um, <clears throat> she, she recovered. Um, but as you can imagine, the experience for me was like a massive, massive wake-up call. Like, how do you suddenly get a voice in your head? You know, you're talking to a girl who'd never experienced anything mystical at that point in my life. Were you able um, at the time, maybe not because of all the you know stuff that was going on, but were you able to, even shortly after, sort of stop and and recognize that that happened and sort of say what what was that? Because I think so often spirit does speak to us sometimes really loudly like that, but then we just kind of oh yeah that happened and we just go on with it. Were you able at the time to say okay this is different like something happened here? Um, I was the oldest child, so I was coping with my sister falling apart, my dad falling apart, my auntie and uncle falling apart, you know, and I took on this role of, <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to be the one that picks everybody up. So no, I didn't feel it at all. I, I spent that whole period kind of trying to help everybody else and be strong for everybody else. And then I remember um, about three weeks after it happened, I remember breaking down in the shower and crying. And that was the first time I cried, you know, in a month. Mm. And I was so disconnected, Giovanna, from who I was. You know, I felt, I thought crying was weak. You know, that was my, I, I didn't, nobody in our family cried. You know, yeah, that's part of the same. problem we had. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can you can relate then you know yeah <clears throat> yeah we didn't so do it, the cry we didn't do the i love yous and so vulnerability right. was yeah. so threatening yeah same absolutely yeah yeah and so it, it took a long time for my armor and i call it armor because that's really what it is you know we build up these layers and layers of protection like you said you know vulnerability is scary um so it took quite a long period of time for me to process that you know i was dealing in the moment with what was happening with my mom and my family and it was only kind of <clears throat> it's only hindsight I think really that you know I saw the impact of it all and, and I suppose it was a catalyst for me to want to know what the voice was like I'd been to a psychic once before in my life and actually it was you know in the lead up to my mom's suicide um, and I'd had an incredible experience in that as well where the lady had, you know, basically said things were going to get worse before she got, got better, but she she knew why I'd come, and that was incredible to me as well. <clears throat> so it opened a gateway for me. It opened a gateway, um, leading me into the mystical, really, and I became fascinated with 
personal development books and I'd had a mentor, I had a coach at my work. He was massively, you know, it's one of the reasons I got into coaching because he was so instrumental in my life. I wanted to help others the way he'd helped me. Um, and he got me into, you know, seven habits of highly effective people, um, got me into Jack Canfield's books. You know, I became a bit of a personal development junkie. Mm. Um, I and hear I'm, you with that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we like it. Once you get the bug, oh my God. Yep. <laughs> you can't stop. Um, but it, you know, it really was inf influential in my life. You know, I had, I'd built a toxic environment around me. So my workplace was work hard, play hard. I worked in the city. You know, it was very much, we earned a lot of money. We spent a lot of money. We did a lot of drugs. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I built a quite a toxic environment around myself, even though alcohol really didn't agree with me. I was suffering with bad depression. Um, I had to really do a lot of cleaning up and I had to really shift myself out of this toxic environment that I built around me. Um, so it was, it was a quite a journey, you know, looking back on it now, we're talking from 28 to 32, um, you know, was really working on myself, you know, really investing in time in myself and reconnecting to my heart, really. I find it so extraordinary. Um, you know, even for as long as I've been doing this work and learning the things and like you being the, the you know, self-help and spirituality junkie, this voice, right, that comes up in moments of, you know, intense distress. Um, but it's like a, you know, I'm a, a course student, a course in miracles, and it's that still small voice, right? And it's so hard for us to, for many of us, let's say, to access that on a daily basis. It's almost like there needs to be some intervention that happens in a moment of crisis and not always, right? But I'm, I'm interested to know how did you find that voice again, right? So it happened in this moment of intensity and then it sounds like it, you just got so curious, like, what was that? And did you find it again? Were you able to access that? And I guess it'd be really interesting for the audience to, to know how. So I think so many people, and this is connected to the, the Dharma, right? Your purpose. Mm. So many people are, they just like, please tell me, like, I just want to know, like, what do you want me to do? Um, and it's that connection to that voice. And I wonder if you could like, like mm. pull that out a little bit more. How did you find it again? Did you? And how can we? <laughs> <laughs> um, just the small things, Kitty. You know, yeah, just absolutely. <laughs> no problem. I've had, I've had some pretty weird and wonderful experiences in my life. Like, <clears throat> I think to begin with, my soul had to give me big experiences, so I listened. Is what I found. Like, um, <clears throat> for people listening, I run a um, non-profit organization for transformational leaders, and it's a global organization. And when my soul told me to do that, it really spoke loudly to me. You know how we just described, we got goosebumps, we, um, we felt the energy, oh. didn't we, of what happened when, when I was telling that previous story. <clears throat> when I first discovered about that organization, it was like my soul was speaking to me. You know, it wouldn't leave me. It, um, the idea itself was just with me, with me, with me. And I was, became a bit obsessed by it. And I just, I felt it in my being that that was what I was supposed to do. Um, and even when I went to quit my job to start that organization, I had this mystical experience where this voice again spoke through me. 
and it, and it came out of me and it shared what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. And I remember watching myself talking and thinking, wow, I didn't even know I was going to do, you know, where did this come from type thing? Um, and I think as I've got more sensitive and I've listened, the, the shift and the voice has changed. So um, back in the day when I was kind of more disconnected and out of alignment my soul had to send me massive great big boom you know take us pay attention type Hello. Stuff. yeah yeah are you there you've got to listen to this um but as i've kind of tuned into it more i've changed the way i relate to it so um the evolution of our souls is to go from doing to being so if you think back when we were you know younger we're busy, you know, we're not listening, we're distracted, we uh -huh. like to distract ourselves, we're out with our friends. I don't know about you, but I remember being my stepdaughter's age and I didn't like being by myself. No, I, I would hang to... up the phone with one friend and pick up the phone and call yes. another friend. Like, and my father would just lose it. He'd just be like, get off the phone! <laughs> yeah. and, and that's the evolution that we have to go through is we have to go from doing everything to just being who we are. And, you know, that comes with less is more doing less you know doing more meditation doing more grounding work doing more work that connects us to who we are and actually doing a lot less um and so i found find now that i do those practices which i feel helps me listen so often if i'm creating something or doing something i'll just ask in my meditation you know what it is i need to know and I'll, if I don't get it in my meditation, I'll sometimes get it in the kitchen. It will just drop in. And, and the other thing I've really noticed is when my soul is talking to me, the, it drops. It's like the, it's not an idea or it's not a thought floating through. It's like a thing. And it's, it's almost like it's come from somewhere higher. It drops in and you think, oh, okay, that's information coming from a different place. Um, and the other thing I suppose I do is I connect all my energy bodies. Um, so most people operate at a level of thought, uh, sorry, of their body as they operate in the third dimension. They're not using their mind, body, and spirit. So your third dimension is your body, your fourth dimension is your mind, and your fifth dimension is obviously your higher self. So <clears throat> if you can practice connecting all three of your light bodies and connecting into your soul, and the easiest way to do that is to say, I am my soul, I am my being you will connect in to the higher aspect of yourself, which means that you're walking around utilizing all of your power and utilizing all your energy body and utilizing your soul. So your soul can speak to you much easier. Um, so that's a really simple practice that people can do to kind of connect. Mm, connect in. That as a mantra. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I, as soon as you say I am, it, you are whatever you say I am. It's like invoking God. Um, so I am my soul. I mean, you're, you're all connected to your soul effectively. I love this. And it's, it's so good to have the practices there. And it's often like, you know, especially for people listening, this used to be my reaction too. I'd be like, well, that's it. Like, what do you mean? Like, we often think it has to be this big complicated thing, but it's actually just giving yourself the space to slow down, mm -hmm. you know, say those things to yourself and drop in, literally drop in. Um, I found this an extra uh, vital practice and also one that I struggled with the most when I became an entrepreneur. You know, and it's been, I don't know, 14, over 14, going on over 14 years now that I've been an entrepreneur. But 
the doing piece of it got even more because it wasn't like I was, you know, at the time my life was simple before I didn't have kids, you know, I didn't have a life that was busy. I just went to work. I collected my paycheck and I came home so I could do all the like, you know, spiritual stuff. Cause I thought, Oh, I've got time and life happens. Life gets in the way. People have kids, people get married, people have renovations, people start businesses and it gets more and more vital that you do these practices. And I, and for me, I found it more and more challenging and I really had to carve out like time in the morning and time before bed. And, and even now, like I find myself, I get into these little, you know, I call it, I, I, I call, I say I go temporarily unconscious. Right. And I get back, I get back into the cog, the cogs of life right? Mm. and you forget. And it's so vital to have these practices. Um, and I, and it's, this is a great segue into, um, Dharma, mm. um, and finding your Dharma and being aligned with that. And this is something that I think, it's interesting when I look back to very, very young ages for me, I was trying to discover what my purpose was. I remember asking these really existential questions at a really young age where I should have probably been, you know, I don't know, eating snow or like <laughs> doing something that was not that existential. And I would, I would be asking myself these questions of like, what's my purpose and why am I here? And, you know, when I'm an adult now, I'm in my mid forties, I'm still asking this question and I'm noticing it more and more with, you know, women in their, you know, middle, middle to late forties where it's this new kind of midlife crisis that's happening um, where we're asking ourselves these deep questions. So I wonder if you could share a little mm -hmm. bit about Dharma. What is that? Sure. And how in the heck can we connect to this very seemingly elusive thing of purpose? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. By all means. Um, so the word Dharma is used in 18 different Indian languages um, and it comes from the, the Vedic texts um, and actually different Indian languages have different meanings, but the, the word that I refer to, Dharma, comes from the Vedas, and that means the right path of action. So what the Vedas talk about is that there is a right path of action for everybody, and you access it through utilizing your gifts. So through following your passions, and then combining that and utilizing your unique gifts and talents, the things that come really, really easily for you, and doing that in service to others, it will get you on what they call your dharmic path. So the thing I think where people get misled is we think, oh, we need to uncover our purpose. And that, that doesn't make any sense, right? Because your whole life is a journey. Mm -hmm. And what you find is when you do do the things that you love, you do get onto a specific path. And what will happen is your purpose will evolve as you evolve. And so the key to it is following that breakthrough trail and having the courage to go after the things that make you happy rather than the, thing, the things that you need, think you should conform to. <clears throat> and then if you have the courage to step onto that unique path and then find a way to use what it is you love to serve and support humanity, you will find that that purpose, that dharma, that dharmic path will unveil itself to you. It's a bit like a treasure hunt. You're not going to get the second clue when you haven't figured out the first clue. All right. <laughs> but people think it's a flash of inspiration or they're going to wake up one day and go, oh my God, I know why I'm on the planet. And you won't Are we trying to reverse engineer it almost? It's like, 
I had somebody tell me once, like you're, you're, you're looking for like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You should be worried about building the rainbow. Like, because you'll, that's like the mm. happy side effect kind of thing. And I was like, Oh yeah, I am doing that. <laughs> and that's a human nature. That's not just you. We all do it. We all want to know how something's going to turn out, right? What I teach in my um, Dharma life program is actually your job is to know what you want, not how it's going to happen. Oh. It's not your business. Like I knew I wanted to set up this organization. I didn't have a clue how it was going to happen. And actually, if I had listened to my thoughts, my thoughts would have told me, who are you to do that? And why do you think that you can set up an organization like that? And I'd have talked myself out of it. But luckily, my soul was talking so loud in the background that I wasn't thinking like that. I was just trusting that it would work. Um, and what I've seen, you know, people come through our program and what I've seen is crazy shit, excuse me, friend, happen, you know, when people get aligned. Um, because when you're in alignment with your soul's blueprint and your soul gifts, you're in alignment with abundance. You're doing and you're being exactly what god wanted you to do and so stuff you know oh the right connection comes up or oh this person puts you on their podcast and misleads you here and that and you just you know it flows basically i love that i love that because it's it is just following one piece of breadcrumb after the other like i, I always say you know the the universe leaves clues they leave breadcrumbs and too often you know i this has been my thing too is that too often i get caught in the end result mm. and i'm not stopping to ask that very important question of like what do i even want mm. um and i i've gotten myself in the past to the point of sheer exhaustion and total burnout not knowing and then at that, you know, when you, when you get to burnout and someone asks you the question, what do you want? You're like, I just, just want to sleep. <laughs> like, you know, you don't have any connection to your actual desires because you've just exhausted your should list or your to-do list or your whatever survival mechanism. So yeah, again, so simple in asking yourself that question. And I don't know if you found this working with, with people, but I have found that what do you want is one of the most difficult questions. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. You, no. you, ask, you ask your clients and even yourself and you're like, uh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so true. And, you know, people struggle, you know, you know, they do struggle. It's like, I don't know what I want. Well, you can have anything you want. So you better, you know, better work out what that is. <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious, how do we, uh, for people listening, right, that are, are asking the same question, and maybe they're driving their car, or they're doing whatever, and they're like, well, how, how do I know? Like, how do I get to the nut of it? And it sounds so simple, but do you have any practices that you lead people through to, you know, just basically clean up all the gunk? Because I find what happens is, I do this, I've seen my clients do this, like, you, you, there's this, like, little editor inside of you that starts to pre-edit, so you're about to almost about to say the thing you want and the little editor comes in and goes, mm -mm, no, that's too difficult. Like, you're not going to do that. Come on. Right. So how, do, what's an exercise that maybe you can recommend for people listening that are like, okay, I, I want to do this work. I want to find out what I want. Well, we usually take them through a meditation actually, um, to connect them to their higher being and their higher self. Um, because from that state, you're, you're connected. You know how we were talking about our souls communicating yes. with us? So your soul knows what you want. Your soul, will go, your soul is guiding you all the time, every day and every moment and every instant. 
but you, whether you're listening or not is a completely different matter. So what I tend to do and take people through <clears throat> is a process of busting through their blocks. So first of all, it's them understanding what is holding them back and what they believe, because we create what we believe to be possible. And most people don't believe that they can create the life they want. You know, they believe that what they've got is all that they're, they're worth. So you have to clean up, clean up your beliefs first because what you believe you create. And then from there, what you can do is you can open yourself up to this expansive state, connect yourself with your soul. And I lead them through a meditation process, take them into the future. And then they get a download, obviously, of where they want to be and what their life looks like. And so the work we do in our community, like I'll give you an example. One of my guys has just come through a program and um, he used to work for Sony Pictures, was in a corporate job for a long time, you know, very successful, like a director. Um, <clears throat> always had this passion for art, never believed it was possible for him to make a career out of it. His teacher had told him as such when he was younger, really scarred him through doing our program you know, he picked up a paintbrush again, actually. And, um, you know, he could feel it was the right thing for him because when he painted, he lost time. You know, that's the thing. Like, what doesn't feel like effort and work for you and what just do you love doing? Um, and so through our program, he, he started painting on the side. Um, we then manifested his redundancy. Um, it took about eight months, but he walked out with like 60,000 um, pounds. He'd been at that company something like 18 years wow. um we had that money in his back pocket and of course um he's gone on to now have ex exhibitions at the oxo tower which is a very famous english um art, art house um and the vision that we're holding for him is that he's a million pound portrait artist so what our community does then is you come through our process and you create the vision for your life, but then we hold it for you as a community. And so, you know, he was sort of saying that when we first said this for him, he felt really uncomfortable. Like I awarded him a million pound check at one of our events, one of our retreats. And he said, you know, it was really uncomfortable for me to hold that. Like I was like, oh my God, too wow. much pressure. <laughs> but what's happened now, Giovanna, which is wonderful, is he's even calling himself a million pound portrait artist. And he's just put all his prices up. He's just going to do his latest exhibition and he's charging, you know, 5,000 pounds for his portrait artists. And this is the freaky shit that happens when you do this work, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. Well, and I just, what I, what I get from that, I mean, is, is just, it's going back to that still small voice because, you know, even the question I asked of how do we find out what we want, it's a very head-based question. I think that's what we do is we stay in our head about it. And we say, was it this? Is it that? Is it this? And I just, I, I did an interview this morning with someone and she brought me back to like, you know, back, you know, we were in, you know, elementary and high school with the career fair. And it's like, check the list, right? Like, do you have this interest or that? And we stay in our head about it, but you're, mm. you're so right. And that's what's key about this whole conversation is that if you practice being in your body, in your soul, you will be guided to the next right move the next right opportunity thing um and that's yeah that's beautifully pinned with that example i love that yeah and i think you know the key thing we have to do is get out of our own way that's that's the first step um and these practices help us get out of our own way and help us kind of tune up and tune in um and then none of us have been taught the laws of the universe you know we don't go to school and learn how the universe works we don't understand that our dharma is an unfolding adventure 
you know, this, the wisdom that comes from the Vedic text, like I remember when I started to understand it, I was like, why does nobody know this stuff? Because it's completely life-changing. Mm. It's simple, but it's absolutely life-changing. Um, and so, you know, I kind of took it upon myself to sort of put it in my program just because um, I wanted people to understand how to utilize it. And, I, you know, when I look back at my life, I could have saved myself so much heart and heartache and pain if I'd have understood the principles. Because we stay in jobs too long we stay in relationships too long because we're scared, we're fearful, we don't know what's on the what's on the other side. But actually, that resistance that you're feeling is your inner satnav. So it's learning to tune in to that and understand that if something you know, if you, I, I remember, I think I've always been relatively good at listening to it. I remember a relationship breakup, and we were together five years, and I just knew it was the end, as much as it was hard. I just knew it had come to the end of the road. And so we actually separated very amicably. Um, but, you know, I found it harder to leave a job that I'd been in for 10 years. So I think we all, we don't get taught to tune in and understand our own feelings, really. Yeah, and that's so key to finding out, like you said, the ever unfolding journey and adventure of your life and, and your purpose or dharma. Mm. Um, yeah, really, really great takeaways from all of this. I know I, I personally, I got so much from this interview. I absolutely love that you came on the show and that we've connected again. Um, any little last piece of tidbit or advice or pull on a heartstring for anyone listening that you want to leave us with before we wrap? Um, well, if, you, if this interests you, obviously, you know, come, we're going again. I have a, a, I have a community, I have a Dharma Life Academy. Um, where we take you through this process, basically. So if if this resonates with you and if this is the way you want to live your life, and I suppose what I would say is it's worth the effort, you know, like the stuff that has come into my life and I've done, I would have never thought possible, you know. And actually, it's incredible what can happen when you have the courage to walk this path. Um, you know, so for anybody listening, you know, the reason I created the Academy was so that we could do it together. It's more fun. You've got people that support you. Um, I, you know, I'd find people to do this work with because it, it basically means that your journey speeds up. Um, it's easier for you. You don't necessarily have to probably go through the dark times so much. Um, but trust yourself. You know, if something feels right, then it invariably is. You know, like you said, we... We get two in our heads. We need to be in our hearts. You know, go after what it is that you truly want, even if you don't believe it's possible. <laughs> and then work that. on, yeah, work on changing your beliefs. Yeah, that's key. It's so key because we have such unconscious ones. Thank you so much. Um, I noticed from your website and uh, for everyone listening, we'll have the link to that in the show notes. So don't worry. I noticed that the next Academy starts on the 27th of April. Is that correct? Yeah, thank you very much. I wanted to offer a, um, a, a something to your listeners if they if they are interested, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going on the 27th of April. And, you know, if you've listened to this podcast and you're interested in doing the program, then just PM me on Instagram, kitty underscore talks, and I'll offer you a 20% discount off the, uh, off the, off the academy. Fantastic. That is amazing. We love free gifts here. <laughs> we love free gifts and we love discounts and we love all of that. We love anytime our guests come on and offer something. So I appreciate that. Besides your wisdom, obviously, which is key. Um, that's such a generous offer. 20% off is big. Thank you. 
No, my pleasure. I hope that people have got value out of this. And yeah, as I said, come find me, come connect. Um, I know you've got an amazing podcast. You come and have a listen to mine as well. Um, but yeah, I think, it, and I say it's just actually one thing I would like to say, like, <clears throat> The, the reason I do this work, and I know Giovanna that we're kindred spirits in this, but I, tr you know, I truly believe we're at a critical point in humanity's existence. You know, we need to wake as many people up to their sole purpose as possible, because that is how we're going to shift and change the world. The Vedic text talk about the fact that if enough people are on purpose or doing their dharma, we will come up with the solutions to the problems that we have got on the planet at the moment. So if you are listening to this, it's kind of your personal responsibility to do your work mm. because we need you. Oh, that's oh, beautiful. So well said. <laughs> so well said. That's a perfect way to cap off this show. We do. We need you. We need all of us doing this work. And I got chills in my body when you said if each of us were living our dharma, if we were aligned with that and living that way we would come up with the solutions and we're i mean the world's in a mess so we we need you yes that's beautiful mm. thank you so much for being here <laughs> and thank favorite. you for your generous offer thanks for all of you that are listening to the show and don't forget we'll have all the links to um find kitty in our show notes including her instagram handle um of course stay tuned to my instagram javana underscore Composa, and you'll find out when this show comes out. And of course, subscribe. Thanks, Kitty, for being here. My pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising, everyone. For books and resources related to today's episode, make sure you head over to SheRisesPodcast.com and I'll see you there. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure you tune back in next week when I dive into more juicy topics to help make your life the best it can be. And hey, if you've enjoyed listening to the show and you love it, head on over to iTunes and leave me a rate and review and subscribe there to the show. 